October 13th. And now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament today, we'll be looking into the book of 2 Thessalonians, chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. We'll see that along with persecutions on the outside, the church was facing problems on the inside. Some people were suffering great trials for their faith. Others had quit working and were idlers. Still others were harboring the wrong idea that they were experiencing the day of the Lord. Paul wrote this letter to encourage the suffering, enlighten the confused, and warn the careless. In times of trial, the essential thing is your faith. God will see you through, so trust His promises. Remember that others are watching you, and you can encourage them. You may be tempted to fight back, but leave that to the Lord. The lost will be eternally separated from God's glory, while the saved will bring glory to the Lord. Meanwhile, be sure that God is glorified by your life today. And with that, let's begin our reading now in the New Testament. October 13th. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. This letter is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. It is written to the church in Thessalonica, You who belong to God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Dear brothers and sisters, we always thank God for you, as is right. For we are thankful that your faith is flourishing and that you are all growing in love for each other. We proudly tell God's other churches about your endurance and faithfulness in all the persecutions and hardships you are suffering. But God will use this persecution to show His justice. For He will make you worthy of His kingdom for which you are suffering. And in His justice He will punish those who persecute you. And God will provide rest for you who are being persecuted, and also for us when the Lord Jesus appears from heaven. He will come with His mighty angels, in flaming fire, bringing judgment on those who don't know God, and on those who refuse to obey the good news of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction, forever separated from the Lord and from His glorious power, when he comes to receive glory and praise from his holy people. And you will be among those praising him on that day, for you believed what we testified about him. And so we keep on praying for you, that our God will make you worthy of the life to which he called you. And we pray that God, by his power, will fulfill all your good intentions and faithful deeds. Then everyone will give honor to the name of our Lord Jesus because of you, and you will be honored along with Him. This is all made possible because of the undeserved favor of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. This is Dave Scott um, down here in Lancaster, just uh, getting closer to God here, man. Um, all you guys down in Phase 1, I'm glad you're here. I uh, can't wait to get down there to meet you guys. Um, I love all y'all. To my phase three brothers, phase four brothers. Love you guys. Keep up the good work, man. 
Hey, this is Nathan Gregory from Second Phase, and I just want to do, uh, encourage my brothers, um, especially down there in the farm. Just hang in there, trust in God, and uh, he will, you will see the fruits that he produces in, our, in your life. Um, he's helped me a lot, pour into your brothers, and uh, the blessings will come, um, so stay true. Hey, this is uh, Kenny George down here in Lancaster. Um, I just want to cast a little vision to my brothers in phase one. Um, Romans 8, 28, it says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So don't worry about anything outside. Just focus on God and let God do what he's going to do. This is Adam Dennis, phase two, just phased up from phase one. Um, be excited to see you guys next Saturday in Phase 1 at, at an encounter here in Lancaster. Um, God's been uh, really working in me this week, allowing me to uh, understand some things that have happened in my past um, and bring them to the light so that I can uh, begin working towards them and start uh, restoring some relationships with um, family members that uh, have hindered, hindered me from walking with the Lord. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing you all soon. And thank you, everyone, that uh, for encouraging me and lifting me up and allowing me to walk uh, with with God. Love you all. Psalm 83, verses 1 through 18. We'll see as we read here that Asaph was perplexed. Israel was in danger. But God was silent and inactive. The nations were noisily forming a military confederacy against the Jews. But God was speechless and seemingly doing nothing. The enemy wanted to destroy the nation and take the land, and apparently God was going to let them do it. So Asaph prayed and reminded God of what he did to Israel's enemies during the days of the judges. Then he shifted from history to nature and asked God to send a storm to wipe them out. Asaph had a purpose in mind, not just the safety of Israel, but the glory of the Lord. Some of the enemy soldiers might even trust in the God of Israel. It was not important that Israel's name be preserved, but it was important that God's name be glorified. When it seems that God is saying and doing nothing, hey, rest assured that He is working on your behalf. He is not as noisy as the enemy, the world, but he is more powerful, infinitely more powerful. And he will win. That means you win. Psalm 83, verses 1 through 18. A Psalm of Asaph, a song. Oh God, don't sit idly by, silent and inactive. Don't you hear the tumult of your enemies? Don't you see what your arrogant enemies are doing? They devise crafty schemes against your people, laying plans against your precious ones. Come, they say, let us wipe out Israel as a nation. We will destroy the very memory of its existence. This was their unanimous decision. They signed a treaty as allies against you, these Edomites and Ishmaelites, Moabites and Hagrites. Gebelites, Ammonites, and Amalekites, and people from Philistia and Tyre. Assyria has joined them too, and is allied with the descendants of Lot. 
do to them as you did to the Midianites, or as you did to Sisera and Jabin at the Kishon River. They were destroyed at Endor, and their decaying corpses fertilized the soil. Let their mighty nobles die as Oreb and Zeb did. Let all their princes die, like Zeba and Zalmunna, for they said, Let us seize for our own use these pasture lands of God. O oh my God, blow them away like whirling dust, like chaff before the wind. As a fire roars through a forest, and as a flame sets mountains ablaze, chase them with your fierce storms, terrify them with your tempests, utterly disgrace them, until they submit to your name, O Lord. Let them be ashamed and terrified forever. Make them failures in everything they do, until they learn that you alone are called the Lord, that you alone are the Most High, supreme over all the earth. Proverbs 25, verses 11 through 14. Timely advice is as lovely as golden apples in a silver basket. Valid criticism is as treasured by the one who heeds it as jewelry made from finest gold. Faithful messengers are as refreshing as snow in the heat of summer. They revive the spirit of their employer. A person who doesn't give a promised gift is like clouds and wind that don't bring rain. He is more than you could ever need. He's more than the eye could see. I don't deserve his love, but he's always been there for me. You see, Jesus met me when I was at my lowest. And if you don't know Jesus, know this. He is the greatest example of generosity this world of greed has ever seen. And when Jesus hit the scene, he changed the scenery and met diversity with serenity. If you're looking for peace, he offers plenty. Jesus was and Jesus will forever be king. And when the angels sing, they sing of the grace that was displayed for sinners like me. I can't explain him and I can't describe him. And if I could, he wouldn't be Jesus because you can't explain eternity and you can't comprehend the galaxies. But it was the loving hands of Jesus who spun them into existence and created man knowing he would go to the cross to pay our sentence. There was a certificate of judgment with a period after the sentence and we were sentenced to death long before he said it is finished. He is a father to the orphan, a shelter for the homeless, a hiding place for the abused and an anchor for our storms. He stormed the gates of hell and came out on top and the power of his gospel cannot be stopped. Even when the world tries, they try a lot. He traded places with Barabbas and became the catalyst of missions across the world covering every portion of the atlas. If you're in need of rest, I know of a mattress. If you don't know Jesus, your future is tragic, but he gladly embraced tragedy so we could live in his presence of majesty. His presence is presence, and it's his presence that presents preciousness to a world of peasants. He is far from pretentious, but still loves those who are. He is the light of the world and hung the stars. He brings the dead to life and delivers life to the dead. He took a crown of thorns on his head so we could put crowns at his feet, and I I can't wait until I get to kiss his feet that were nailed to a cross for me and for you and for every person around the world. He loves the world and I love his word because the word became flesh and in his flesh he demonstrated the word to the world. He is an example to every boy and every girl. He is a lover of black people. He is a lover of white people. He is a lover of the unchurched and the assembly under the steeple. He doesn't see the believers' failures but still takes time to celebrate their faithfulness. It's the power of the spirit that enables us and gives us boldness when the world labels us. And if you want to label me, please call me a Jesus freak. If 
that freaks you out, good. Because it's better to be good with God than to fight being misunderstood by a world that could never understand. So let it be understood that I don't worship man, we worship Jesus. And although he doesn't need us, he still sees us and pleads with us to run to the cross where he bled for us. His heart bleeds for us, his heart grieves for us, but still graciously grants us a pardon for our treason in a season where the world tries to explain away the work of the Spirit with human reasoning. There is a reason they can't. Because the Spirit is like the wind and the wind cannot be seen. But loved is the one who believes without seeing the unseen. I'm telling you today that Jesus is something. He's something more. He's something great. And if you want to know him, you don't have to wait. He stands at the narrow path with a key to the gate, and you only have to reach out and embrace his grace. I don't care who's president. I have a king who is always present. I don't care who holds musical celebrity. The voice of the Lord will always be the sweetest melody. I don't care who owns the riches of the globe. My Jesus holds more wealth than one ruby on his robe. I don't care who is the strongest or the fastest. Nothing matches the creator of the universe and his immortal, infinite status. I don't care about religious leaders who died and stayed dead. I'll only worship the one who conquered death and wears a crown on his head. His name is Jesus, and I'm telling you, he's something. He was faithful yesterday, and he is faithful today. I can feel his presence whenever I pray. And when the time comes for me to fade away, I'll remember the day I heard him say, My name is Jesus.